Anyway, this is a, this is a bread podcast now. We've got all the yeast. <laughs> you can say that our subscribers are rising. <laughs> Welcome to GCP Life, episode number 32, for Friday, the 27th of January, 2023. GCP Life is sponsored by Kazna. At Kazna, we make your Google Cloud solutions possible. And I'm your host, Stephen Bancroft. On today's show, we take a look at Google Cloud's latest hire. We look at the most strange things that come out of CES. We look at how Microsoft plans to crush Google. And does Google really have a competitor for ChatGPT? But before we get to any of that, I'd like to welcome the co-host of the show, Dave Wall. How you going, Dave? Doing great, mate. How are you? Good. And I did the whole intro once without stuffing One it up. Take, One right? take. That's the kind of professional, streamlined operation that we have here. Ooh, One take, do. doing it live. Doing it live. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll have a little conversation about that in a few weeks, about doing it live. There may be something on the cards for this year, but I'm not going to let too much out of the bag at the moment. But um, how's, your, how's your fortnight been? Short. It's been a short fortnight. We're recording a, a bit point. early this uh, this time round, so uh, I feel like I barely got out of this chair <laughs> between podcasts. But um, it's, it's a bit like that. Yeah, both you are on and leave next week, so we are recording a little bit earlier, and I'll I'll publish it during the week while I'm I'm off. But uh, yeah, because you are that kind of dedicated soul. I'm I'm that dedicated to the show. You, that's you right. really are. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? I don't think I've got anything exciting that's happened since the last. I think I've I've sat in a chair and I've stared and I've waited for this <laughs> podcast session to come around again. There's a little bright spark <laughs> that whole time. We did have a couple of wins in the project we're on there, so that was good. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> People don't care about the the real work that we do. The (laughs) exciting things we do in our home life. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of podcast it is. That's it. They want to get to the crux of who we are. They want to know who we are. We got got that weird podcaster syndrome where everyone knows everything about me, but I know nothing about anyone else. (laughs) Yeah, people come up and they'll have a conversation about something. (laughs) You're like, I haven't talked to you about this. Like, no, but you've talked at me about it. Uh, that's it. Did you uh, take a look at CES and anything that happened there? Yeah, I, I, I did. There's a, that, that's a, a nice thing that I like to follow up on like every year and just see some of the new sort of consumer tech that's coming out, you know, the, the weird and the wonderful. And, uh, you know, there was, there was certainly a couple. There was a couple of uh, I've very a, interesting things. I've been a bit meh on it over the last couple of years. It's like, yeah, okay, I've kind of got all the tech I need and more. I'm not yeah. – anything that kind of come up with is – it's kind of like make tech, if you know what I mean. Tech, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's got no real purpose. Right. I'll just uh, – I'll, I'll take something that doesn't need to be tech and I'll put a smart assistant in it. Or- yeah, something like that. <laughs> Um, I mean, there, there was one thing that I was, that was keen on is there's some updates coming for um, Android Auto, which you know I'm a, I'm yep. a fan of, and that some of that that interface is going to improve a bit, which is good. Mm. Um, always, always keen to see that improve. So. Did you did you see the Wii thing? I did see the Wii thing. So uh, it's <laughs> our new Wythings product, right? So Wythings is a, you know, a sort of a health tech company. They they actually make a, a really good smart scale, which I've had. I've got I've had two of them over the last 
oh, maybe 10 years, I reckon. I think one finally died out. And But they make like blood pressure monitors and all sorts of stuff for your general kind of health. And but this this new product was, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I called it a wee thing on purpose, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, it's a wee thing. Wee thing's wee thing. For those listening along at home, it's a home urine analysis tool. And uh, it is it is exactly what you think. Um, you Bluetooth it to your phone, you put it in your toilet, and you wee on it. You, you do, right? <laughs> now, do. Uh, now, so it has, like, uh, like different cartridges, and apparently those are good for, like, a, about, a, I think, I don't know if it's 30 days or 30 individual, like, tests. Um, so I guess it's, it's hands-free while it's doing the test, but then- you have to change the cartridge out of it, so you, you know you're going to be putting gloves on for that. Oh, the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm always the one that gets the job of emptying the portable toilet when we go camping. So it's right. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be very similar to that, I imagine. While you're emptying the porta potty, you can also change out the uh, urine analysis cartridge. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's 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 a while it's a, it's a novel item. Like it's a it's pretty cool. Um, they're sort of targeting i think one was um being able to uh test like sort of menstrual health but the other mm-hmm. one um was also for uh, like diabetes to be able to do like uh, urine analysis for sugars and things like yeah, that yeah so, so it can check the ph and the specific gravity um which you know two metrics that are we know there's a healthy range for those metrics yeah so um yeah it's 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 a good idea it's just interesting because you know some anything you have to stick into your toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you got it. Uh, when I watched this video, there when you watch it, it unscrews and there's a little USB charging port like inside <laughs> the sealed thing. So you, you would have to sit it on your desk to recharge it. And oh, yeah, so, <laughs> so you don't have to run a USB cable into the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because that would be weird, David. That would, that would be. <laughs> oh, that's the weird part. Okay, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if maybe they'll get to the. The idea of having like a instead of having the thing that's in the toilet, I suppose you could have a smart toilet itself, and maybe the the cartridge could be accessible from outside the bowl. There, there you go. go. There you go. That's the idea. Patent pending. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good. Okay. We've just got yeah. our startup idea now. We've oh, just got yeah. to see who's going to fund <laughs> oh, it. I, I thought I could be going to be a product manager at uh, at We Things. Yeah. <laughs> that's the new name for it now, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And uh, one of the other hot things, hot things to come out of CES was Elon Musk's Vegas Loop project. <sighs> yeah. Where, where, where do we begin with this? <laughs> monorail. Monorail. Yes, monorail. We need a monorail. <laughs> and uh, <sighs> the, the link I'll give you in the show notes is, is Elon Musk literally doing the monorail thumbs up guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what it is, the. This is a boring company uh, tunnel. Um, And, I mean, when this thing was sort of hyped up, it was supposed to be, like, a super fast way to get from one end of the strip to the other. It's going to save you, like, 20 minutes in in travel time and stuff. But what they've delivered is a small tunnel full of Tesla cars that you have to wait for a driver to turn up and sit in with you and two other random people and it drives you to the other end of this narrow tunnel through traffic. So yeah, um, where you have to queue in traffic at the other end to wait for the passengers of the other vehicles to get out. Yeah. So, uh, you yeah, know, it's revolutionary. 
they've just put the cars in a tunnel. Yeah. Well, okay. And, yeah. the, and the thing that, is, the cars, even though it's a straight line, they have to have a driver in them. Yeah. Right? Like, you, you know, oh, you let, do, let, me, had a- let me think. What other public transport do we have that goes in a tunnel uh, that doesn't need a driver? <laughs> Can go well, on, a, like, on a rail. There's like one driver, maybe, but not like an individual driver in every single car. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If you watch one of these videos, you'll see as they get towards the end of the tunnel, there's a traffic jam of cars, which is you know what they're trying to avoid. <laughs> yeah, the the skeptic, the skeptic in me <laughs> is. So saying that this seems more like uh, it's um, not an art installation, but like an ad installation for Tesla. Like everyone can get in and try a Tesla uh, because you have to. Like that. That's what it kind of feels like to me. It does sort of reek of that, doesn't it? Doesn't seem uh, like the future of transit. <laughs> no. I mean, maybe, maybe really the thing that is cool is that you know they were able to make. The small tunnel, they, they kind of they didn't miniaturize, but they made the boring technology better. Maybe that's the, the play. I mean, that's probably the more generous interpretation of it. Can't we bore tunnels already? Aren't we really good at boring tunnels underground? I mean, they, they, they put tunnels from England to France sort of without a problem. Like a long time and- ago, too. A long time ago, too. And they're building a nut, some other big one now into Germany to link it to Sweden or something. Sweden. Um, yeah, like, like the longest under the, tunnel uh, ever. Under the water. Under the water, yeah. yeah. And cool. uh, and there's talk of in Sydney doing one under the Blue Mountains to – there's a big backlog there, um, and then the highway that goes across the mountains. So there's talk of doing a tunnel there. So I think we're actually pretty good at digging tunnels for cars to go in, or trains, whatever you'd like to put in there. So I think the – the shtick with the boring company was that the tunnel boring machines um, are really big and slow. I think that was that was when they kind of when he they because uh, it's got to dig through the rock and the no, granite. No, 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 oh, okay. no, no because the the, the cross section of the tunnel it's doing is so large because they don't. You know, if you think about like the tunnel. Oh, you got to line city, it right? all and everything. Yeah, all yeah, the concrete but, it uses. But also, yeah, they're not yeah. for like a single vehicle. They're more like a four lane thing. Mm, right, mm, so mm. The, the service lane, the train line, and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah yep. exactly. So they're, yep. they're re- enormously large, and so mm. they have to move. You know, the volume of, of material they have to shift out is um, is higher. Right. So the idea with the boring company was to make smaller ones to be able to have like smaller tunnels, but like a lot more tunnels. Um, right. And the idea was right. more like a smaller unit that you can run at a higher cycle rate could bore significantly faster right. and then because there's in effect there's not that much of a limit in how many layers deep we could go mm. that's mm. The, that was the idea because <laughs> this is already a problem in the london underground already has this problem they try and dig another tunnel and they just run into one an existing one or an old one that they've forgotten about <laughs> Yeah. Right, or they've got to manoeuvre around some foundation or some other, you know, some public, you know, pipes or something underground. It, it it's it's difficult to dig a tunnel under London now. Mm. I, I think the like if I if I think in terms of that space, I'm like, okay, mm. well that's that's cool. I get that you want to do, dig tunnels and you want to do it fast. 
that's great. But when I watch the videos from Vegas of those tunnels, I'm not normally claustrophobic, but I'm I start to get secondhand claustrophobia from it because <laughs> like is that a, a, a ma- <laughs> well like a major uh, tunnel, you get like any mm. large road. Right, there's so many other safety things that are built in there. Like if there was a fire in the tunnel, there's all the ventilation, there's uh, exits and things to be able to get out of that space. These yeah. tunnels don't have that. Right. So, you know, no, if you had right. a crash and a fire in the middle, like it's a bad way to be. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of stuck there. Yeah. So, uh, and being narrower would sort of, I guess it would be easier for it to be, get blo- become blocked. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah, you can't. There's no mm. passing lane or anything no. in there. So, mm. yeah, I, you know, we'll see. But this definitely seemed um, yeah. more of a publicity stunt than anything. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Publicity stunt. Anyway, um, mm. yeah, go and have a look at that one. Um, now, let me just say, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want this podcast to be like considered like that. We only slam Musk because I am actually wearing like my SpaceX T-shirt today because oh, there, there was, a, there was <laughs> a Falcon Heavy launch the other day, and that was great. So, like. Cool, but just putting that out there. Well, how about we um, have a bit of a dig at uh, Boston Dynamics then? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do that. Only because there was a new video from the Atlas robot this week. <laughs> there it was. I'll uh-huh. link it in the show notes. But, uh, I mean, look, props to them, right? I mean, this, this is impressive what this thing can do. Um, obviously, in the video, it's pretty obvious that it's all programmed movements, right? I don't think it's autonomous in this, the decisions it's making. But no, it is it's, it's doing a routine. Yeah. 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 But but it's it's it, like very early iterations of the Atlas robots, like there were QR codes on everything so it could get its position. Like it's doing a lot of that in vision now. Um, I think that's the thing that's really cool and also sort of showing yeah. how with a dynamic weight uh, it's able to like move and maintain its balance. So, um, I mean, anyone who hasn't seen the video, we'll put the link in. Um, but it's doing like it's picking up a, a bit of timber and it's putting it down and it's walking up that piece of timber and um, it's throwing, throwing a, bag. a tool bag. <laughs> throwing a tool bag at a guy on a scaffold, which doesn't seem great. Like, that seems problematic. But- so, so let's look at the list here. Not wearing a hard hat, right? Not wearing steel toe boots. He's on a construction site, mind you, right? Yeah. Uh, throwing of a tool bag. Like, yeah. come on. Running on a construction site, <laughs> toppling a giant wooden crate, right? Who, who's going to be in, in the way of that? Uh, yeah. And doing parkour across the scaffold at work. I mean, come on. You, you, yeah, what's, work I, say, uh, what's work cover going to have to say about all that? I don't think that the uh, Atlas robot has passed his uh, white card induction. No, he hasn't got his white card. <laughs> the, uh, the foreman would be having words. There'd be, um, yeah, the CFMEU would have something to say about that as well, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, he's not the kind of uh, co-worker you'd want on your construction site, but no, it is right. very impressive for a demo video. But I could see the utility here, right? You could just have, um, if you had Atlas like on the ground, if you were up in the scaff and you had Atlas on the ground and you could just call out to it or just grab your phone and instruct it to say, you know, go to my truck and grab such and such toolkit. And it goes over, grabs it, puts it in the lift and then sends it up to you. Yeah, try I getting mean, an apprentice to do that for you. <laughs> mate. You go get a that, nice coffee and a pack of smokes. A whole, a whole <laughs> another set of challenges. <laughs> so that's what but we're you know, really the- aiming for here. It's not about the motion. It's just, is it more useful than a first-year apprentice? <laughs> 
my vote is yes. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if you sent it down to hardware for a long wait. Yeah. Some blinker fluid. Yeah, a left-handed screwdriver. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Uh, but no, it's, it's a cool already. video. Um, I don't think they're shipping Atlas anywhere for any commercial use yet. Um, they're, they're spot robot dogs. Um, those I know definitely are being used. Oh, um, yeah. Yep. Doing a Search lot and of rescue and, and military, yep. Yeah, well, that, but I've seen uh, some really cool stuff where they're using them uh, like because they've got the cameras on them, but they also have like a manipulator arm, kind of like, uh, you know, the Canada arm that's on the ISS, right? They've got, yep. they got this arm that can open- uh, you know, doors and um, can, the re- the funky thing is it can go into say like a hazardous area, uh, and you know like manipulate a lever, right, right. So so, um, so bomb disposal, you know, well, that kind of stuff. Or, or if you're yeah. you're uh, in a uh, radioactivity or that or um, yeah. like any sort of refineries, a lot of those you'll get yeah. um, you know, sort of gas build up in certain areas yep. and um, yeah. So yeah, my, mining, they, my, you know, mining applications. Definitely, yeah. yeah. They can yeah, do, yeah. Um, uh, with their vision systems, they can do, like, patrols and look for things that are out of the ordinary. So they do have, like, real products and stuff as well, which are pretty sweet. Nice, nice, nice. All right, well, uh, let's move on to a couple of, uh, couple of things that I, I just wanted to mention here. Well, one, one particular thing, um, before we get on with the news items, I just wanted to plug the AI Australia podcast. The AI Australia podcast uh, is produced by uh, Eliza, who's one of Mental Group's sister brands. And um, the stuff we've been talking about the last couple of weeks around the ethics of AI and uh, the future of AI on all those uh, sticky subjects, this is what they're tackling. That's so good. Um, Actual people who know what they're talking about. (laughs) Actual data and ML and AI people that know what they talk about. Um, and uh, hosted by Natalie Rouse, who uh, is uh, one of the managers within uh, Eliza, and uh, Dr. Kobe Lyons, who I don't know much about her, but uh, if you listen to the most recent episode, you'll get uh, a full, um, I give you the full download on what they're all about. So yeah, go and have a listen to that, and um, I'm sure they'll be talk- going much, much deeper than we have been on a lot of the subjects around the ethics of AI and um, the future of AI. All right, that being said, let's get on with the news items. Uh, this first one here, um, Google has a new hire, uh, Mark Lohmeyer. Now, um, I don't actually know much about the hire itself, but um, I can tell you that um, Mark Lowe is a software industry veteran of Cisco Systems and VMware. Uh, he joined last month as the general manager of Compute Services. Now, this drew my attention because he was a former executive at VMware. And of course, Google has a massive interest in VMware and GCVE at the moment. They, they certainly do. And they, and they are scooping up VMware talent. <laughs> They are indeed. Um, in fact, VMware lost three top executives, um, Tom Gillis, Mark Lohmeyer, and AJ Patel. I'll link this article from the register in the show notes. Um, I don't know, Dave. What do you think is going on? 
I mean, there's the you know the merger with Broadcom coming. I think there's some mm. strategic focus changes going on within uh, VMware. Um, that tends to make no matter what the other sort of general employment market is like. You know, it's still a good time to move around, especially for like talented execs. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think it just. It's something you're going to see, right? You get to have a large yep. change that's going on in any organization that's going through M, A, and D stuff. Makes a lot of people think about, you know what? Maybe it's time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and take a quote from this article. Senior execs with decent track records are often in demand, but few vendors lose three in a short period of time. As a VMware has acknowledged, it's looming acquisition by Broadcom and pivot to multi-cloud management both represent logical jumping-off points. And um, a really strategic get for Google, right? Oh, definitely. Yep. Um, if you take a look at, of course, you know, you've got to go, got to, go to the LinkedIn um, and have a look. We've got uh, one month currently at Google Cloud as head of compute, um, but eight years at VMware. Uh, cloud Infrastructure Business Group, Cloud Services BU and Cloud Platform BU. So he's got that good blend of cloud and uh, compute experience with VMware. Prior to that, at Cisco, uh, product management enterprise routing, and then uh, a, a good chunk at Semantic as well, nine years at Semantic Corporation. So, uh, yeah, knows his tech. Um, certainly been in VP and senior roles for a long, long, long time. And moved through a lot of the big tech players. So And moves through. So I imagine he's a very well-connected individual and uh, would be be acutely focused on VMware um, and uh, in our case GCVE. So we're, we're seeing almost daily at the moment, isn't it, Dave? Um, things happening because we've got very close access to what's going on um, inside within the product teams. Yeah. Within product teams at the moment, and there's almost daily changes to what's going on. So when when some of this stuff does become generally available. It's it's going to be game changing in a lot of ways. Oh, for sure. So as the platform matures, uh, it's able to cover off more and more of your sort of on-prem stack, just easing that transition in. Yep, yep. And it's 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 a it's a day by day, almost hour by hour progress <laughs> of things. It's fantastic to watch. Uh, mind you, it does mean we run into a, a a few bumps and wrinkles every now and then. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting edge tech, mate. That's it. You get that. You get that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, all right. That's just a little quick one there on uh, Google's latest hire. Now, I found this other article, um, and I won't bore everyone and go dig into this one um, into into in, at infinitum. It's uh, there are ten new cloud programs, certs, and incentive for partners. Now, Google already announced at the end of last year that they're going to really focus on partners and. Um, make sure their partners are the, the most well-positioned they can to deliver the best products possible. Um, and we're already seeing this in inside Casna. There's a there's a, um, a few partner programs that we've been encouraged to sign up to and do some training, and then that sort of training goes towards our sort of credibility, and then Google can, you know, sort of push us as a – you know, look at these guys, look at, their, look at the great stuff that they're doing. Um, I think part of it is about – getting partners have got demonstrated ability to deliver in certain technical areas as opposed yep. to, 
oh, yeah, we've got 10 people with this cert and 20 people with this particular cert, so that qualifies you. Because um, certificates aren't everything, but certainly, like, delivered projects in those technical areas, like, that's, yep. that's real. <laughs> and uh, that's right. And the partner dri- – there's a partner thing called partner DRI, and that encourages – the engineers to actually go and do a a code lab, what they call code lab, and you have to sort of prove that you know this thing, and then that goes against your um, profile, mm-hmm. and and then all all the engineers' profiles are sort of added up, and then a score is given, and then Google knows that this partner is you know really good in these uh, areas. A um, couple of things that drew my attention um, in this article is that there will be a new support desk and knowledge base for partners, which is which is really good, especially you know if you're working on a, say maybe a really small engagement where the customer doesn't have their own support, like they're just kind of rolling their own and you know they're using us, um, being able to have a back end uh, team that you know, as a partner we can interface with that's not just one that's tied to, you know, say a larger engagement. Yeah, and I have to say, when I first started with working with Casa and Google Cloud, oh, it's over two years ago now, um, it did surprise me that that we didn't have a backdoor to Google support. Mm. And, and Not by default, like, no. Yeah. No, not by default, that's right. We, if, the, if the client had a support contract then we could we could use that obviously casna does do managed services so we've got contracts for those managed services but as an engineer building something for a client if the client doesn't have a contract we've got nada right we're back to uh stack overflow and chat gpt chat gpt (laughs) (laughs) it actually took me for a moment there like oh yes wait a minute Because you've got to mention it now and everything. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so that was interesting. Um, new family-specific centralized tracks. Now, this gets back to the training thing that I was talking about. Um, within, uh, obviously, being partners, we've got access to some training materials, um, and it's, it's kind of similar to what uh, you know, average Joes would have access to, and there's a, there's a program Google has called uh, called Skills Boost. Uh, there's a partner version of that, Partner Skills Boost. Uh, it does give us a bit of access into some um, additional information that uh, you wouldn't have, and upcoming things that are that are ahead of the game. Um, and and now what they're doing is they're putting these training courses into tracks, so so you can specialize on particular app modernization, uh, infra modernization, that those sorts of things. Particular area, yeah. that's right. Um and I have a feeling, um, and this is just my sort of hunch, that eventually they'll want to align those with the um specializations that you can get from Google. Mm. So Google also sense. offer Yeah, so they offer partner specializations. Now Casna has what do we have? We, we have the infrastructure specialization. I know we've got that one because I was involved in actually getting it. Yeah. Uh, we have the um, the data specialization from Google. Uh, and uh, we've got another one. We've got three. What's what's the other one, Dave? Uh, uh, the machine learning. Oh, machine. machine learning. Yeah. So we, we have machine learning, data analytics, and infrastructure. Uh, 
Uh, so they're three that Kessling has at the moment. There's quite a few more that they have on offer. And, and with uh, this year, they're going to add three more to that. Um, and DevOps is included in that. So um, I may get involved in getting Kessling across the line with that one. We'll see how we go. But uh, yeah, that's just another thing that, that partners can get to sort of prove their, their worth in that specialization area. Uh, and they're going to soon start offering Google Cloud Boot Camps. Uh, as part of sharing its internal best practices and methodology with partners, Google Cloud will host account-specific boot camps for partners. Now, this I'm excited about. Um, they're going to share their internal best practices with their partners. So the way Google does it, right? And it's going to be done in a, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe might be a few hours, could be a day or two, who knows? Could be over the course of a week, it'll be a boot camp. We are doing boot camps around the globe to give real hands-on knowledge above and beyond just certification and online learning. This was something that our past partners were asking for. Uh, that's from Ichipurani. Um Additionally, Google Cloud will test and challenge a partner around specific account to see if the partner understands how to truly deliver and provide the Google Cloud solution. That's great, right? More validation. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, it stops the sort of cookie cutter consultants just slapping a Google, you know, the Google name and say, yeah, yeah, we do Google Cloud and they've got, you know, three or four guys that have got Google certs, but... 90% of the time they're doing AWS stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when a Google project comes on, oh, yeah, we'll pull John in and we'll pull Bobby in. They've, they, they, did a, they did a Google cert 18 months ago. They'll know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah it's definitely uh, a space that you need to immerse. Um, it's yeah. just too broad. Otherwise, you, know, you actually That's right. need to get in there and get hands dirty. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to a lot of that. I'll link, link the article in the show notes. There's a lot in there, but uh, if you're, um, you know, certainly working for Casino or even maybe other partners are listening to this show, I don't know, <laughs> go, and have a, go and have a look at that. It's a good one. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> carrying on from our AR discussion the other day, Congress blocks purchase of Microsoft Combat Goggles. Now, you drew this one to my attention, yeah. Dave. What's going on? <laughs> because this article came out like the day after we had our podcast last week, right? So it's um, yeah, you know, I was like, oh, this is timely because you mentioned about AR goggles for defense, and I think actually even in that podcast was like, oh, I'm pretty sure Hololens is doing something. So this yeah, is right. specifically that. that was after my rant about right. how pointless AR was. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it, it was yeah, um, but so. Uh, what's happened is the uh, the army had requested uh, from like their defense budget they wanted like four hundred million to buy uh, a bunch of these Hololens uh, these specific ones that were engineered for the for the army but um, they wanted to buy uh, six thousand nine hundred pairs of them um, but apparently as part of the trials that had happened there were a number of issues like they had. Um, I think they had three different, like, three-day-long scenarios, like combat uh, scenarios that were done for the soldiers. Um, and, like, too many soldiers suffered, like, headaches, eye strain, and nausea. Uh, and the system had too many failures of essential functions. So- Yeah, okay, let, let's just pause there for a second. Yeah. 72 hours wearing an AR headset. Yeah, well- Now, 
I don't, I don't, I don't care what how good the AR headsets are. You're going to have headaches and eye strain and nausea after that. All right. So um, uh, I'll just, uh, we'll just, I'm going to put on my uh, my commander's hat for a moment there. That's it. So, uh, <laughs> so General Bancroft. Um, yes. You are positing that in a uh, combat scenario that after uh, 45 minutes, we all put our hands up and we say, excuse me, if we're gonna everyone, weapons down. We have to have a 15 minutes AR break. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the alarm goes off, we will resume combat operations. That's right. That's right. right. This is an honor yeah. system, right? Everyone stay yeah. still. It's like- uh, a- well, 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 just just yell out to them. Wait a second. Just Can we just stop shooting at each other for a second? We're just going to yeah. take I've got a bit of a headache. <laughs> I can't fight right now. <laughs> so, yes, I understand what you mean, but we're not talking about like- a gaming session or, or <laughs> filling out a spreadsheet in AR, right? So I get- I, oh, my, my Fitbit's just vibrated at me. It's time to take my AR headset off. <laughs> hey, 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 I saw he was sneaking around the corner. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> so anyway, um, rather than buying all these upfront, um, they've put up like 40 million US to help uh, develop like an updated version of it to help resolve some of these issues. Um, but the interesting thing was that, uh, so the army's already given Microsoft like 125 million prior to mm. this additional 40, right? So they've given them a, a whole bunch of 40, cash. 400, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, then there's another 40, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so they've done that, uh, but they're planning on spending up to $21.9 billion for as many as 121,000 uh. right? So I guess they're like, get it right and then we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did think that uh, was timely, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send your uh, suggestion across that um, <laughs> we need to limit sorties to about forty-five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. I, this article doesn't tell us what they're actually doing with it, does it? I mean, it'd be nice to know what sort of information they're feeding to the soldiers on, on there. I imagine there's I guess some amount of uh, confidentiality required there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, if you look at the helmet here, you can see there might be, like, IR um, IR camera there, a um, couple of different stereo vision camera, uh, something on the side, a camera on the side. Maybe it's uh, you'd be able to, like, poke your head and look around the corner or something. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. But no, that's, I mean, so- they look pretty funky, but, but if you... You know, in the middle of a firefight, you have to stop for a second and you know, stop from throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm curious. It also says here that Microsoft has hinted at an eventual consumer version of HoloLens. The company hasn't yet announced any specifics and its plans are hazy. After the company has reportedly struggled to form a coherent strategy for its headset. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable, but. $22 billion worth of orders with the Defence Department will probably <laughs> see them come up with some way to monetize it for the rest of us. <laughs> They'll come up with a coherent strategy, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that was fortuitous that that got mentioned, and that's that's really that, I mean, yeah, sure, it'll be a good application. I, I just want to see it. would be interesting to see when it pans out what's how it's actually going to be used. Yeah, for sure. All right, then. Um, ChatGPT. Let's, let's move on from uh, AR to AI. 
What's what's all that? Then? What's, uh, what's a chat GPT? What's a chat GPT? Well, apparently Google is spitting chips that they didn't get into at first. Frothing. Frothing that they didn't. And uh, they're going to come up with a competitor. Um, Yeah, I I think um, so. I've certainly seen a few articles over the last little while and was about, yep, we've got DeepMind and, you know, it's been doing amazing things for years, but we're just not quite ready to let people, you know, actually get their hands on it. Um, But I think they've seen, um, you know, things slipping through their fingers with chat GPT really capturing people's imagination. If they don't jump on this bandwagon quick, that's it. That's gone. They've they've lost the impetus. Um, Article here on ghacks.net. Bosses at Google will have been spitting feathers behind closed doors in recent weeks as OpenAI has grabbed the world's attention and put its chat GPT model at the forefront of the conversation at consumer AI tech. Um, yeah, so this article is talking about using DeepMind and they have a chat GPT rival uh, that runs on DeepMind called Sparrow. Uh, it was introduced last year as a proof of concept uh, in a research paper. Um, and yeah, and uh, could be- up to now it hasn't been deployed because uh, the project has been delayed compared to chat GPT saying that caution is warranted when dealing with these types of products. I think you mentioned something about this to me a week or so ago, Dave, that uh, Google didn't want to have the debacle that uh, Microsoft had initially when they released uh, their Tay chatbot that um, was learning from the people who were speaking to it. Mm. So this is something I think ChatGPT has, uh, they've incorporated, is that I don't think they're recording the queries that people put to it because they don't want, you know, kind of the public access to it to pollute some of the responses that it starts doing. Um, Again, I think that's that learning they had from Tay where it became racist within like 24 hours. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, this this one, uh, or sorry, not, sorry. So, ChatGPT was sort of doing that. Uh, the, The cool thing that I saw with this one is that um, quite often when it provides its answers, it's not just giving you the answers, but it's giving you uh, like the uh, the reference, like where it's actually yeah. sort of found that information. Yeah, that's right. So it, it does go on. This article talks about that. Sparrow is expected to have important features such as the ability to cite specific sources of information. According to the ReachSource paper outlining how Sparrow works, it's supported it's plausible sounding answers with evidence 78% of the time. DeepMind is also working on behavior constraining rules and a willingness to defer to humans in certain contexts. So I think that's super handy. And like, if you're getting actual like evidence and sources, like, Hey, I, this is where I found that information like that. That's way more useful. <laughs> mm. Mm. And I like this idea of behavior, behavior constraining rules, right? So you put in rules, that say this is socially acceptable. Here are the parameters of social acceptability, right? You go, you go to the left of that parameter, and and you're out. So you get close to the left, and you're sort of getting a bit sketchy. You get to the right, you're getting a little bit sketchy, right? So that sort of defines, you know, stuff like sexist behaviour, mm-hmm. racist behaviour. You know, how far can you push that boundary? If you put those rules in place, then you're becoming 
well, I'm, I was going to use the word altruistic, right? Because you're 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 considering the human another person, right? In a way, and I mean, how close are we getting there to an actual this being an individual? If that's the case, oh, the maybe this that, is uh, a conversation for AI Australia podcast, yeah, not here. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I actually did see something interesting yesterday. I think it was it was talking about how with ChatGPT, um, getting it to uh, say things uh, that were kind of like blatantly false that it generally it wouldn't do it. It would tell you that it was like ir- irresponsible for him to do it. Like you know, like things about like that election in 2020, and so like like there was there yeah. were certain responses that it would give you um, where it would frame it go. You know, it's not. That's not what happened, so it's not responsible for me to like tell you a story about it. But people were able to kind of get around that by saying, like, imagine this scenario, which ah. um, like you can tell me a very fictional story, but you can't tell me a fake version of a real thing. Ah, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. All right. Well, it remains to be seen. Um, I, I, I imagine they're scrambling to get this out. They really have to because, uh, yeah. The, the the boat is quickly leaving the dock on this one. If you don't get in there now, you, you've lost, you've missed it. The gate is shut. Yeah, it was something. Uh, I mean, it's very aside, but when we were looking at that article in G Hacks, they actually had something uh, that also kind of you know kind of stood out to me. Um, they reckon that there's some other new products coming from Google. They reckon there's some uh, like an AirTag uh, competitor coming. Oh yeah, um, which I think is actually really cool because AirTag's a pretty good product, but you have to have an Apple device, <laughs> mm, uh, mm. and there's way more Android devices out there. Um, I really, uh, yeah, I think that'd be that'd be good. I'd like to see something like that come out. How would you use it? How 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 would you? What's your use case for AirTags? <laughs> All, right. All right, okay. So here's one of my favorite ones. Right? Yep. Have, you, have you seen the articles where like people's bags go missing? Oh yeah, like yeah. in like the luggage the goes missing. Airport, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I, I saw one where the airline was saying, "Oh yeah, no, we've we tracked it down. We're going to find it." Meanwhile, the guy finds his air tag and drives out to where it is, and he finds it in in like an alley with like a dozen other bags just dumped there. What the? Yeah. <laughs> It's like you haven't found it at all. Like someone's pinched it, and all these empty bags are here. It's just been dumped. Uh, um, so I like that. I do actually like it for like tracking your caught items. out. Yeah, caught yeah, out. That, yeah, that's a, put one in your car if it gets stolen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I suppose that's what it's all about. Yeah, right? I mean, there actually that there's a whole separate privacy thing around that, and I know Apple had to do this too, where people were using AirTags for stalking. Mm, right, and slip it so, in someone's pocket, just yeah, like a or, movie, or like yeah. in the car, right? Then just like stick it up under a wheel well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what Apple did is they made it so if your phone uh, detects an AirTag nearby that's not one of your ones, not reg- actually registered to you, and it's always with you, it starts to alert you. Like if you move around, if you go. Yeah. You know, a hundred meters. Only works down if you've got an iPhone, though. Well, uh, agreed. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Let's hear about how Microsoft has plans to crush Google. First of all, Google wants to crush Microsoft. Now, Microsoft wants to crush Google. Yeah, crushing uh, each other. 
We'll see who is the who is victorious who's in the crush master. That's it. Um, once again, this is uh, when OpenAI released this new chatbot, uh, Ch- GPT Chat AI bot, uh, language model uh, capable of writing code, uh, telling jokes. Uh, it was one of the first innovators' takeaways that it could be a threat to Alphabet. Uh, so, of course, Microsoft now wants to release a version of Bing that has AI incorporated to it. The eight people who use Bing will be really excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, Google issued a code red shortly following ChatGPT's release, and CEO Sundu Pichai, uh, Sundar Pichai uh, directed some teams to work on AI projects. So he's immediately redirected them. Um, but uh, this article goes on to say that that uh, Google's pretty happy with their Google search and it's making them a lot of money, so they don't want to augment it with any sort of AI. So then they're probably not going to follow, play the game here, uh, unless they see that as a genuine threat, right? Like if if the golden goose is, uh, you know, is in the crosshairs, they'll they'll get defensive on that. Well, yeah, um, the article does say it's not entirely clear how Microsoft intends to use ChatGPT, but there are a number of ways IIs can improve upon the standard internet search, which surface web pages that may not be provided information the user is looking for. So um, if you're, uh, yeah, I mean, imagine imagine having it integrated into a standard web search. Yeah, but okay, so... But in, to Google's credit there, their search is super conversational anyway. Like, I don't know if you've ever tried to, like, search for a song. <laughs> You're like, give me the, give me a song. No, I can't find the name of a song that goes, like, da 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 Yeah. Right? And it'll be like, oh, this is the song that you want. <laughs> or you just put in, like, a partial lyric and bang, it finds it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, I've hummed tunes into my Google Home. Oh, right. And I've it's given me that. the correct right. song. Right. Right. Okay. So, well, I mean, uh, Shazam's doing that, right? I mean, you put so it's the same. Just finds a pattern and matches it and gives you the song because they've got the data on YouTube. So, they just make a fingerprint of it and away you go. Um, but I, I don't know. You, you do you do a search, and then it gives you the results. But then you can have a conversation with that search result. Mm. You could say, um. That's close, but I want you know a bit a bit tighter on these reins, or I'd like you know I'd like to just restrict it to Australia, which you can do now, but you've got to put it in a you know an expression when you do it. Uh, but it'd be good to be able to have that conversation with it. Yeah, I suppose you know where it'd be different is at, at the moment. Like I, I can type something to search, and I get the website that I wanted. Right, like very rare that I can't get it in the top like two results. Mm. Um, I suppose the difference about having like ChatGPT or, or Sparrow in there would be more that it might give me the answers that I want without me actually having to go to the website and read them. So like the conversational mm. response is going to give me the answer. It's going to give me the it recipe I was you- looking for or whatever, but not actually go to the recipe website where I have to read it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the difference, isn't it? It will give you the answer. Mm. Um. Which I then I wonder. So you know how there's been um, quite a few moves in different countries about uh, like news agencies getting paid for their news. 
and things like, like I know Facebook was pushing back on it because like it was getting rolled up into their news feeds. So, yep. you know, I wonder if we take that and we take like the concepts we talk, talked about last week with like the code samples. Mm. So if ChatGPT is reading my website and getting, you know, my blog article and then regurgitating that. Well, aggregating that into a uh, you know a conversational piece. Yeah, how am I going to get like my ad links or anything like that? Mm. Mm. Mm, does open up another question? It around does. That. It's the same problem. It's the same problem. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it remains to be seen. I mean, the whole um, um, the whole piece about uh, news outlets putting being charged for articles that go onto Facebook. That, I, that that winds me up. Well, that's a conversation for another day. I don't want to <laughs> don't want to dive into that now. But um, yeah, so I, we'll we'll see what happens if if being this article doesn't say when this is going to happen, but it it seems like a logical move to me. Maybe maybe there could be two types of searches. Maybe there'd be like your classic search or your AI search that Bing could do. Don't know. All right, so moving on, I just wanted to finish up here with uh, an article that's come out from Thomas Curian where he talks about uh, Google Cloud, where the new kid's on the block. Um, Now, I'll just link this in the show notes. It's a good read. Uh, I recommend it if you're interested in uh, what's uh, getting inside the mind of Thomas and what he's thinking about and the challenges that that Google Cloud has ahead of us. Go ahead and have a read of this. It's, It's not too long. There is a link in the article itself that goes off to the video and uh, it's an interview with him a um, little bit of brain food uh, just before you lie down in, um, at the end of the evening <laughs> um, yeah so I'll link that in the show notes and go and have a look but I think that's about it from us Dave what do you reckon oh you know what I reckon that'll do it <laughs> we might, might let you uh, you know get ready for your, your trip away and yeah, I've got the uh, I got the 4B and the trailer all packed up out the front. Uh, we're loading it up, charging the batteries up. Uh, the fridge is running. Uh, it's it's going to be great. We just got to we got to hold out. The, just just uh, make sure the weather holds out. We should be right. Yeah, right. We're uh, we're going to be off down to the beach, but the weather looks like it's going to be like a very nice mid twenties for like the three days that we're down there. So not quite swimming weather, but you know the the kids are going to want to give it a red hot go anyway. <laughs> They'll give it a go for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You might even be convinced to get in there yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, look, guys, don't forget to go to iTunes and write us a review. Uh, you can contact the show, gcplife at caslin.com.au. Uh, we've got the Twitter there at gcplife and the website. Just Google that. You'll find us. They still haven't fixed that picture up, but you'll see Dave there with his arms crossed, you know, right. taking, over the, they, taking over the place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think they fixed it. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm in all the CDN caches. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're in all the CDN <laughs> yeah. caches. That'd be it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that's about it for us for two weeks, and we'll see you later. Bye. Catch you later. six minutes so far we just got to the news (laughs) (laughs) and here we are worried about content all right